in three, two, one. John, are we live? We are live, sir. Well, well, well. We have a little shift in plans. I know I went Facebook Live on my Facebook earlier today and falsely let everybody know that Matt Margolis was going to be on with Heather. Matt is on next week. My bad. In his place, we have the handsome Ryan Cotter of Movement Mortgage in uh, in the studio. But we're going to start with Heather before we do our shout outs. We are indeed. Okay, awesome. I'm going to get right in with Heather because she's come to us with the uh, magic of FaceTime or the somewhat magic of FaceTime. We've kept having some difficulty getting our FaceTime guests to actually show their faces on Wheelhouse. So we might only have her audio, but I'm excited to chat with her because um, she's a rock star out in San Diego. She's the president and CEO of Publicity for Good. She's been seen on NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, CNN, US News, basically anywhere you can see anybody on television, she's been seen. Um, So Heather, thanks for joining us. Of course, I'm so excited to be here. so tell us what you guys do at Publicity for Good, because you do a lot, and I don't want to butcher it, and I want you to be able to tell the story. So we're a purpose-driven, millennial-run PR agency that uses market relevancy and news timing to help companies be relevant in today's market. Awesome. So quickly, millennials, what age group do you do you find to be millennials? Because I always get this. People around my age, I'm 34, say, well, we're not millennials, but I technically, I guess, fall into that realm of a millennial. Um, so I honestly feel that a millennial um, is up until 30, like 29. Okay, so I'm not a millennial. I'm like whatever came no, out before them. You're not a millennial. Yes. I don't know why I feel like it's a stigma. It's really not because millennials rock they work really hard and obviously in PR and media, if you wanna know what to do in today's world, you probably wanna talk to a millennial. They definitely know what they're doing more than uh, the two old farts I have in the studio with me today. (laughs) Well, I think there's so much insight um, and knowledge that can come from people who are more wise or older, but I find a lot of times that companies are trying to target to a younger consumer and they never take into account what they want, et cetera. Um, so I think when you have a table that is very blended of ages is when you can have a strong marketing plan and a PR plan. Totally agree with you. So you're out in San Diego. What do you guys do with um, press coverage out there? Because I, I was looking on your site. You guys do so much when it comes to uh, social media, but you guys also do a fair amount of work when it comes to coverage on the press. You yourself have been in the press quite often. Yeah, so the first thing I would say is it's so important for me to be in the media so I can really understand it from a client's perspective, how they feel, the worries they have, etc., to really ensure that the experience and exposure is how it should be for the client. Awesome. And outside of that, um, we do everything from really working with a company, looking at the year ahead, looking at their product launches, looking at company announcements, looking at any goals for funding, any events they're going to be at, and then really creating a comprehensive PR plan around that. And also making sure that the CEO is a leader and is someone that people know about in the industry. Um, 
a recent study came out that said now more than ever, CEOs are seeking press and to be seen as a thought leader so that they can build a brand and be seen as a leader outside of the company that they're with. I really love that. And I feel like far too few, and you're saying, I, I, I agree with the study, probably more and more of this is happening. I feel like far too few people give as high of an importance as it should have on having a good launch. Because you know, right when you launch a business, I've launched a couple, people are most excited about you and about what you're doing. And unfortunately, most of us who start businesses have no idea how to properly launch our business when it comes to public relations and media. And it, it just makes so much sense to hire somebody like you guys who, who know what you're doing to have the ability to launch you with as much momentum as you can. Because that initial momentum, you're never going to get momentum like that again. Right. And I think if you're worried about making an investment, you need to understand that if you're not making an investment, your competitor is making an investment. So you really don't have um, you really don't have a chance to lose out on getting the market share with your message and mission. Did you always want to be an entrepreneur yourself? Do uh, you know I did? Um, and I think it's because I grew up with my dad and uncle in real estate, um, and I saw them as entrepreneurs, and they both passed away. Um, my dad died when I was in high school, and then my uncle died a couple years later. So when I look at my life and looking at legacy, being an entrepreneur was the closest connection I had to them, so I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Well, that's an incredible story, and I'm sure it really drives your passion forward with everything you do. Um, Absolutely. Do you have uh, other entrepreneurs in the family? Um, I don't. So I was adopted, and I'm the only child, so I don't. Um, but I just think it like growing up and seeing my dad and uncle as an entrepreneur, but then also really being able to experience so much as a child, um, you know, my parents helping to pay for my private university. I don't have college debt, which I'm super grateful for. Um, the life that I was able to live um, is something that's really important for my future and my future family. Um, so I feel like that's really my driving factor. I love that. You can just tell the passion you have for it. I'm, and it comes out. I mean, people got to go and visit your site because if you, if you jump around on your site a little bit, your passion and the passion for what you guys do really does come out on it. Um, any exciting launches or anything coming up soon here for uh, any of the people that you're uh, you're pushing that you guys want to share? Yeah. So one um, that I'm really excited about is I'm working with two people. Um, one of them actually um, acquired Pert and Dial Soap and helped to grow it. Um, and. Um, sold a lot of companies and then the other um, has worked with a lot of the big beverage companies that are really popular popular in the all natural space to get acquired and together they have more than a hundred years um, in the beverage and you know CPG space and now they're at the latter stage of their life and they have so much knowledge working with consumer packaged goods companies and growing them that they're actually creating a business accelerator to really get in the trenches and help these companies scale and grow and really prepare for funding. And it's amazing to look at these extremely successful entrepreneurs who have helped CPG companies get acquired 
they invest heavily in other companies. And now at the end stage of their life, instead of just sitting on all the money they acquired, they're spending so much time in helping younger entrepreneurs and other companies really excel. I love that. It's uh, we talk about it on the show a lot. It's the idea of givers gain, and that's really, really awesome. Right. Yeah. So that's just called the CPG um, Innovative Brands Accelerator, and um, that's one of them that I'm really excited about because they're just as passionate about the bottom line as they are impact. I think my love for that and conscious capitalism really came because I did an intensive at Georgetown, and um, it was all on philanthropy and. Um, what's our moral responsibility? And it just made me realize that the more money I make, the bigger impact I can make in this world. And you don't have to feel guilty about making money. Like, I love the fact that I can have a team and employ them. And it's just an amazing feeling. It really is. It's it's totally empowering. And um, it's. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, all too often, I think, in today's world, people... Uh, almost uh, poo-poo others for making money, but it, it, it does allow you, especially those who give back, and I, I feel like a lot of successful people I know give back, and a lot of people say, well, successful people have a lot of money, and you know, uh, they should give back. I, I feel like most of the ones I know do give back, and I agree with you, it's completely empowering. Any tips for us? Um, we always try to give some tips to uh, new entrepreneurs or somebody who's launching a business, maybe even in your realm of media. A couple things or a thing they should be considering when launching a business. So I think timing is really important. So since we're heading into the new year, we need to look ahead at our business and events that we're going to and create a PR plan around that. Um, most people dream of national media, Bloomberg, CNN, but you need to realize that as a business owner, unfortunately, you haven't earned your stripes yet to achieve that level, and that's okay. Um, but you have to start local. You have to look to your local business journal to cover you. You have to look at are you blogging. You have to look at lower-hanging fruit to build your brand. And also realize that LinkedIn is another whole beast where you can start putting content out there. As times are changing, we have media companies. As business owners and entrepreneurs, we can actually as well um, become our own media engine, if you will, and start putting content out there. From that, that's really how a lot of organic press can come from you every week putting an article out there on your blog or LinkedIn page. That's a um, really solid piece of advice, and uh, I love that. I, I, original content is something that's so missed by new businesses, and people search and they try to share and try to take and put as much content as they can out there. Do you mm -hmm. guys um, work with companies all across the states? I just want to get that, get that out there for people listening. We work with um, companies internationally as well okay. as in the States. So anybody who wants to reach out to you, they can be in the U.S., they can be out of the U.S., they don't just have to be in Southern California. Yeah, so they can go to publicity for good. But something I'm really excited about is we launched a PR software called Press Demand, which literally anyone can use it to get press, and it's just 97 a month. So okay. really making PR accessible for all. Um, PR has helped my business. It's helped clients really double their revenue. And honestly, 
I feel like for any business to succeed in this world, you really need, um, of course, social media and an online presence, but you need to have an integration plan with PR as well. And how do how does somebody who's listening go ahead and find that? You can just go to press, so P-R-E-S-S, demand, D-E-M-A-N-D.com. Pressdemand.com. Awesome. Yeah. I wish we could have seen you. We'd love for you to come in studio if you're ever in Chicago. Let John yes. and I know. We'd love to have you in here. Um, and if we're ever in San Diego, we should probably come soon because it's getting pretty cold out here. We're going to yes. have to come and uh, seek you out and uh, come, come talk to you guys. Yeah. I mean, PR is exciting. You shouldn't be intimidated by it. And if you feel you're not ready, you have to do it. So, I agree. You got to be crazy in this day and age not to have a really good PR plan. And I am right. of the mindset that even if you think you know what you're doing with PR, you definitely don't know what you're doing on the level of somebody who's a professional like you. And hiring somebody to do that can build so much momentum for you at the beginning, either the beginning or whenever you're in your business and you decide you want to have a, a PR launch um, or increase the PR of your business hiring somebody like you guys is going to get you there so much quicker than trying to figure it out yourself. Yeah. And I think lastly, like having a dedicated person every day thinking, Oh my gosh, like what can I do to take my brand and client forward? Um, because most times I feel like entrepreneurs are the only one working on their business that bringing in a publicist to support their brand, their brand day in and day out is a total game changer. Totally agree with you. Um, Thanks again so much for coming on. Again, um, looking forward to finally meeting you in person and keep on kicking butt. For those of you Thank listening, you. definitely go check out Publicity for Good. It's a really cool site. And um, if you need some publicity, some PR, or learn what to do uh, when it comes to social media with your business, give Heather and them a call because um, I guarantee you they're going to do it better than you are. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Heather. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye, right. guys. Bye. Bye-bye now. Yeah. So All I think right. we got the um, FaceTime audio working. We got the FaceTime audio working. Hopefully we can see this guy's face, our guest, our in-studio guest, Ryan Cotter. I was joking with Cotter. We should do shout-outs before I get to him. But I, I was joking with him mm -hmm. about um, how he's like the Steve Jobs of mortgage because he – I only really see him in that, like, blue button on him. Maybe it's just timing. You have that one outfit that I just think is Ryan Cotter. <laughs> when I think of you, I think of this outfit you're wearing. I have more than one outfit. Yes, <laughs> you have I do. more than I do. one of I those button-down shirts. Yes. Um, John, you got any shout-outs before I start teasing Cotter for the next 20, 30 minutes? <laughs> no, I, I want to I hear more about his, his, his closet, attire. all the different shades of blue that he has in there. and uh, he's always, He always looks dapper. He does. He's always well put together. Steve Jobs was not as well put together as Ryan Cotter. He may be a little bit richer than you, but not, was not uh, as well put together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but Cotter's a lot more alive. He is. So he is a lot more is, alive. It goes a long way. Yeah. It does. It does. Um, do you want any shout-outs? Uh, shout-outs. You know, I don't think I have anything really uh, critical this, uh, this week. Okay, Sorry cool. Apparently, I, we I got just, a shout-out to my guy friends. Because oh, you promised them you oh, would. You know, I wouldn't have shouted out to John and Sean Sultani. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. apparently John reminded me we had our holiday party on yeah. Friday, our Main Street holiday party. And uh, some of my drunken friends that were not Main Street employees decided to show up and just drink nice. That's what you on, want. on the Main Street tab. 
<laughs> and uh, it's terrible. They uh, forced John to uh, yeah. get a shout out today. Oh, that, okay. So uh, to to Sean and to John, uh, I know that we were talking on Friday, uh, and you made mention you watch the show all the time. Thank you very much. And uh, you hear all these shout outs, but you never hear your name. So this is your shout out. Uh, had a great time Friday night. It was weird. I. It got weird. It did get weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad that you brought this to mind. So we were all out and about, and I don't know if somebody was having a late Halloween party or something, but I saw uh, the, the place that we were all at after the boat. Timothy did you see a vampire come through? And no, there's no, vamp- oh, there's no vampire. There's no vampire. I saw a vampire oh. and biting on, on different uh, shoulders and necks and such. Yeah, uh, I saw the same. I saw the same vampire. Right did you? I did. All right. All right. I just want to make sure because I knew I we saw all had him. cocktails. I saw that same vampire. All right. So I don't think it was the drinks ev- talking. Everybody, beware! There's uh, vampires amongst us. Oh man, <laughs> I'm not even going to tell them we were on the show, <laughs> or that we mentioned them on the show, and we'll see if they we'll see if they yeah, actually if watch they the actually show. Watch. If they actually watch, they'll have something to say about that. That's an inside joke. It is. Cool. That's all I got. Well. Um, let me get to Ryan Cotter because he's doing a lot of new stuff. He's got a new position um, with Movement Mortgage. He's a market leader. I'm not going to butcher what you do at Movement Mortgage, mm-hmm. and I'm going to let you tell everybody oh, thank what you, you do. Thank you. Um, everything from, like, like we mentioned, talent acquisition to uh, production, uh, production management, you know, hiring, and yeah, just trying to launch this market. Movement is really big outside of Illinois, inside Huge. Illinois, outside nobody Illinois. nobody even knows them, right? So I, I'll m- mention, hey, if you heard of this company called Movement Mortgage, and in legitimately like 50% of the United States, the, the, the answer is absolutely, yeah, they're, they're awesome. They're a fantastic company. I say it here in Chicago, and nobody even has heard of them before. So the good opportunity to bring their culture, which I think is a – it's a fantastic culture and how they do their business to the Chicago market. It's, it's pretty exciting. It's pretty cool. The whole real estate market in Chicago, it's kind of shifting. So many big national players that were not big in Chicago are coming in. And the real estate broker side, obviously, Compass came in mm-hmm. and they've made a gigantic splash. Movement, like you said, is humongous um, outside of Chicago. When you mentioned it to me when we spoke a little bit ago, I hadn't heard of them. And then I looked into them and realized, holy smokes, they are huge. Mm-hmm. They're big. Yeah. And they've come to Chicago and they said, we want this Ryan Cotter guy. No joke. They actually did a, they did approach I'm me. I'm teasing you, no, but no, the, for the, everybody, <laughs> I'm, I'm being serious. Ryan Cotter's a rock star. So <laughs> jokes aside, they came to Chicago and sought out Cotter. Yeah. Uh, it was nice. It's very, very humbling. Uh, yeah. the, some of the previous joint ventures I worked on garnered some notice. So they you know, approached me, said, hey, what do you think about us? And you know, I told them what I personally think that they would need to do to enter into a market like Chicago, which that's tough here. I mean, this is the backyard of a lot of, you know, top lenders across the country. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely like the big leagues. And, you know, by talking to a lot of, of the heads of a lot of really large mortgage companies, they were, you know, pretty you know, on the fence of whether or not they thought that the, the company movement would even want to come in to Chicago because you know, market share, there's, there's no room for somebody small to come in and try to do what they want. You have to come in, you have to 
you got, got to come in big. Yeah. So, and then there's just no guarantees because there's entrenched lenders that have been here that have their, uh, you know, their loyalties with people in the real estate community because they perform, they've done the, they've done the right yeah. thing. So for somebody new to kind of come in, even though they have, you know, a great track record throughout the country, it was a, it was a, about a six month process of me discussing if they were interested in coming into Chicago the correct way. Yeah, and I'm glad you touched on that. It's one of those markets, like you said, where so many people, realtors, real estate offices, even consumers have kind of found the people they want to work with. So to come in here and make a splash, mm -hmm. A, is costly because you're going against, like you said, some really big players that have established big marketing campaigns. Mm -hmm. And B, you got to build a lot of relationships with people quickly. Quickly. To survive. Right. Um, so they got you, which is a big relationship for them because you know everybody. It's funny. The other day, actually like a month ago, I had a client of mine looking for a home outside of the state. And his realtor had mentioned, and I'll talk to you off air about it, but his realtor was like, oh, yeah, I know this guy, Ryan Cotter. And he had mentioned you from your previous company. And I was like, ah, I think he's moving or moving. <laughs> but I didn't know if I was able to Let's announce it yet. yet. So right. I was like kind of like in limbo. And I was like, oh, shit, I didn't know if I could actually say that yeah. he's made the move or not. Yeah. But I'm glad now you can announce that you've made the move. Absolutely. But you're kind of a famous guy. Not really. Somewhat in the mortgage world. Infamous is infamous. probably a better. Um, <laughs> infamous when he used to be a cowboy in uh, uh -huh. Mexico. Yeah. In Cancun, right? The village, the village people. Yeah. <laughs> Riding his like uh, donkey and a sombrero down in Cancun. <laughs> That's a totally different story. Um, what do you think about like the, um, the general market um, for rates in, in general? I mean, they're going up. What do you think is going to happen at the beginning of this year? It's going to happen with the Fed. With, <laughs> That's a big question. Uh, so have some insight with some current Fed employees. Rates have kind of actually come down over the yeah. last few weeks, you know, from, you know, the, a little bit of a, you know, spike. Low inventory, home buyers, you know, uh, you know they're kind of on the fence. I, I think the rates are going to stay probably where they're at through quarter one. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. And then in the spring... Yeah, you could see a, a huge influx, right? And then that'll drive rates up. You know what's crazy is um, obviously the rates have gone down a little bit. Mm -hmm. They're nothing like they were when they were in the threes and even the low, really low fours. Mm -hmm. And people now are like, oh my God, rates went down again. Whereas the four months ago, people were like, oh, these are the worst rates of all time. All right. And even if they were at this rate now and hadn't gone up and then back down, people would be like, oh my God, the rates are so high. People's memories are so short term mm -hmm. that if they go up and even if they pull back ever so slightly, people are like, oh my God, rates went down again. And they're right. happy. They, they, they like hearing good news, right? Yeah, good news. It's true. And prior to that, the, the phrase rate envy was out there a lot because, yeah. you know, as they're going up, your, your friends who got an eighth or a quarter percent lower, you know, yeah. you don't like them anymore. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I've, uh, I've had clients who are now buying again, who bought, you know, 2013, they're about five years out from when they right. bought. It's like, but my rate was 3.125. And I'm like, good Congratulations. never going to happen again right. for a long, long period of time, right. anytime in the near future. Um, but you're... 5% rate is also not astronomical. No. You're getting a 30-year loan to buy a house mm -hmm. at that percentage. And it used to be in the teens, and then even in the 06, 07s, it was 7, 8%. Like yeah. this 5% rate's not that bad. No. It's, it's really, historically, again, it's, it's phenomenal when you factor in, uh, you know, 
time value of money when you factor in you know the the tax deduction you know just not even not even accounting for appreciation assume there's no appreciation right. just those just the two components of tax deduction you know Principal and pay down yeah and the and the fact that you know, appreciate you know, sorry de, uh, depreciation and um you know again the you have to have a housing expense. There, right. there's, a, there's, a, there's a cost to have a roof over your head. I tell that to everybody. Right. So might as well have it be the most advantageous cost Absolutely. over your head. Well, and here's the thing. Renting made sense when you could get the same place for less money. I always looked at my old condo I had in Streeterville. In 2006, if my overall expense was 2500 bucks a month, my mortgage, my taxes, my assessments... Uh, my insurance, it was 2500 bucks a month. I could rent that place for 1900 mm. So somebody would rent it and say, oh, I'm saving 600 bucks a month. I, that's enough of an incentive for me not to be a buyer. By the time I sold, it was 2650 to rent it. It was 2500 to own it. So why wouldn't you take the owning route? Let's say they were even even. It was 2500 2500 Like you said, there's incentives to being an owner versus being a renter. Your principal pay down, you got tax write-offs. Right. They do appreciate, even if they don't, like you said, um, there's an incentive. And that's what I tell everybody. You're, you're paying somebody. In renting, somebody else is getting rich and mm -hmm. building wealth. In owning a home, you're building wealth. It's the only two ways to really put a roof over your head. I mentioned it to somebody yesterday about like looking at options of when they're buying something, potentially looking at a two flat, a three flat, a four flat, right? Yeah, my my biggest thing is always like you, you, the first your first purchase. You know, if you are okay not coming home and just taking off your shoes, you want to roll up your sleeves a little bit and you want to help yourself out, you know, financially in the future. Buy a three flat, buy an income producing property, live in one of the units, rent out the other. They'll pay a portion of, if not the entire mortgage, um, and that's like it's it's a non super secret key to success, right? Yeah. And financial freedom is owning income producing properties, right? There's like a thousand, a hundred thousand million books on the internet that tell you exactly what I'm saying in, in probably a way more eloquent way. But this person was talking about, you know, well, I'm not sure yet. I was like, I, I completely understand. You, know, you don't want to be a landlord in, unless you're prepared to be a landlord. And I tell a lot of people like, hey, you know, you know, if you want to you know, just come home and take your shoes off, Buy a condo or rent, and if you're going to rent, rent from me. Yeah, you know, because yeah, you know, I love when people help me pay for the mortgage. Yeah, I, I agree with you a zillion percent. I tell almost all the folks that are first-time home buyers, if you can get away with it, buy a building and rent out the units. Because right now you can do it FHA with three and a half percent down. There's a bunch of five percent down options. Right. Normally, if you're an investor, just buying an investment, it's twenty-five percent down. That's a big difference. That's twenty to twenty-one and a half percent more you have to put down. It's such a low threshold of money spent mm -hmm. to become a investment owner. And you know, if you're young enough, in thirty years when that thing's paid off, even if you make one payment every single month for thirty years, that's a retirement plan. Yeah. And you only really have to live there for a year as your primary residence. So move in, um, live there. If you hate it, mm -hmm. then go buy a place. You've right. only put three and a half to five percent down. And now you have an investment property that's income producing. And the, the, the most important part of that is that you can't do it in the reverse order. You couldn't right. buy a condo first you know, and say, I'm going to live in it. I'm going to put the minimum down 5% and then go buy a multifamily and say, I'm going to go live in that one. So I want to put the minimum down. You have to follow the, the basically the order of how it's believable that you would move from a four flat 
to a single family or a condo. You're not going to do it in reverse order. Has right? to be your intention has to be for it to be a primary residence. And I remember I, I've talked to a couple of people in my career as a real estate attorney who said, well, what if I buy it like this and I just don't move in? I'm like, yeah, that's mortgage fraud. Right. So you probably shouldn't do that. And you give it away when you start doing stupid things like that. For sure. I mean, there's so many great benefits that outweigh the the stupidity factor of trying to trick it. Right. You track, trick the system. You know, yeah. Just follow the system. Follow the how it, how it goes. And you know, they'll let you borrow up to... 10 mortgages. You can get 10 mortgages, which means you could have you know, upwards of you know, 20 units. to 40 units. Yeah. You know, legally, completely on the books, and you, know, and you could finance them very, very you know, inexpensively. You were just saying like you know, the 3.5%, down. Programs are f- fantastic, but like the FHA 203K, where yeah. I tell people, you know, here's an example of a couple of my clients that have bought buildings with... Yeah, you know, when it when you factor in the the tax credits and I mean they're coming in with like typically two percent yeah. and getting they, this particular example got a hundred thousand dollars to fix up the property. Yeah, and then the value appreciates exponentially. Yeah. Like they came into closing with ten thousand dollars. They bought a five hundred thousand dollar property and they got a hundred thousand dollars on top of it to to do improvements. It's amazing. You know what's crazy is, so you're good at uh, 203K loans. So many people are terrified of these things, even realtors. Like, oh, I don't want to touch a 203K loan. And they don't realize the value of it in adding um, equity into a property like that. It's really good. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you guys do a bunch of them. And then on top of it, like, just like a bunch of success stories of asking those people after the fact that they've done the improvements, hey, what did you, you know, know, rent those units out for? And how is it, you know, impacting your life right now? From, yeah, like I'm completely living rent free to I'm actually making money every month and I don't have that housing expense over my head. So the the net swing is sixty thousand dollars a year, like net dollars, which and they put ten thousand dollars in right, you know, six six hundred percent return on their investment. And when you factor it's sixty thousand dollars net. That's the equivalent of a you know an eighty five thousand dollar a year job. It's like you just got a, you just got yourself a second job. It's a retirement plan. I, I tell everybody the more properties you acquire, the more the likelihood that you retire early and without stress. You know when you have money in retirement accounts, they can be very safe, um, but they're also not giving you consistent income flow every single month. Like you said, it's almost like having a salary. You retire, you could sit back. One of uh, one of our agents has a lot of um, investment properties, and he could probably retire soon. I mean, he's got a crazy lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, so and he likes to travel a lot. So he might have to buy five, six more of these buildings, and then he can go do what he wants. But he's in, he's not even forty yet, you right. know. So if you start acquiring, especially young, there's no bad time to acquire. But when you start young, that compounding effect is insane. Right, and then it leads to generational wealth right exactly right? which is the you know passing on whatever you acquire to kids your kids right? I've, heard, I've heard a bunch of great stories of you know my my dad gave me this building you know when i you know uh when i turned 30 and it actually helped me pay off you know all my student loans helped me pay for my uh, my wedding you know basically set me up for the rest of my life yeah that's just one building and, right. and it teaches people you know 
a work ethic. You, know, like you, you can't just own a building and think that it's an armchair investment. That doesn't really happen. You're engaged, but that, that engagement comes, you know, you know, gives you some financial freedom later on. John over there is asking me what the website is for movement. Movement.com. Whoa, you guys got that, huh? Mm -hmm. Movement.com. Wow. That's simple. Okay. Easy enough. Even their emails are at movement.com. Wow. Yeah, it's like ryan.cotter at movement.com. He asked me to email him a reminder, but I didn't catch what he was saying. He wanted me to email him like in a reminder. So I th it, he just said, email me. I said, at what? Ryan.cotter at movement. So I emailed them, hello, is it me you're looking for? I just emailed a joke. He's like, no, you idiot. I asked you to email me a reminder. And I was like, eh, I forgot. It's at movement.com. So you had to send me a reminder for the reminder. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll reply to the reminder. This is, this is a actual reminder. actual reminder. Right, yeah. um, real Estate Rumble. Let's chat that a little bit because uh, you guys were just in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Our poor buddy Albron got beat up. Sorry, Albron. He, he put up a good fight. Shout out to Albron. Shout out to Albron for being brave enough to get in there because Albron doesn't train that much and just getting in there and boxing. <laughs> that, that's a ballsy thing to do. People like are like, well, you know, it's the Real Estate Rumble. And I'm like, yeah, but sometimes you get stuck in there with a goddamn box, like a... Golden Gloves boxer, real boxer, and Albron got stuck in there with a dude who can box. Yes, he did. Yeah. And yeah. he did all right. He did all right. Yeah, you know, again, he's a tough guy. He's a tough guy. He, uh, he had a great night, I think, you know, after he the fight. He always has a great night. After the fight. Yeah. <laughs> I was in Las Vegas with Albron, um, I don't know, two months ago, and I just keep telling the story of my weekend with Albron. I can't say any of it on this show, but Albron's always a good time. Yeah. I heard you like country music. I love country music. I'm like a brown cowboy. <laughs> you should have brought your sombrero in or your hat, your cowboy hat, and I would have worn it, saying you a tune. Wait a second. How did, how did Vegas turn into country music? Yeah, how did that, how'd that work out? It's an inside thing. Oh. I actually don't even know the inside thing. Which, so now I'm like, what did I do in Las Vegas? That, <laughs> that had to do with me and country music. Hmm. We'll have to talk oh, about yeah, that. Um, now I got to know what Albron's talking about. Albron could be totally confused too. He had quite a weekend in Vegas. But you just acknowledge that you do like. I do. Country. I do love. So there's, there's, there, there could be something there. Probably, there probably nothing. is. Probably nothing. Probably nothing that wouldn't mm -hmm. normally happen in Las Vegas. Never know. Never know. <laughs> uh, so how did Los Angeles Real Estate Rumble go? It was awesome. I mean, we had ten fights, uh, raised ten thousand dollars for Big Brothers Big Sisters, had a good turnout. Everybody had a like a really good time. I got one of the nicest thank yous from one of the fighters post event, where he's like, "Hey, listen, I, you know, you know, I've been, I, I've been in events like this before, and I'm always like skeptical of the, the the people putting on the event and you know how it's gonna happen. You know, is, is there like the safety mechanisms in place? You know, you because know, all these people are." Working professionals. None of none of these people, you know, even though they may work out a bunch and be very good boxers, they all have day jobs. Right. And so he sent me the super super nice email saying at the end, you know, it was the best he's ever seen. Hats off to everybody for having a great event. And where could he personally, you know, donate a thousand dollars? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. No, I mean it's you guys have done such a great job in Chicago, really figuring out how to do this the right way, making it a professional event, making it a fun event while still being professional. Because I've been to some boxing mm -hmm. shows where you're like, this is really poorly done. Mm -hmm. You guys, it feels like a real boxing fight. It feels like an event. You guys have 
the DJs, people are getting announced, they've got walkouts, they got walkout songs. It really feels like an actual event. And you have two other parts of it. You have the other people watching who are having a blast, and then you have the charity arm of it where you guys raise a shit ton of money mm-hmm. every year for Big Brothers Big Sisters. Yeah. But they're also the, the the fighters coming from, you know, being one of those people that stepped into the ring that's one thing i'm very cognizant of of all the time which is like i want these guys to feel these guys and these girls to feel really you know loved as they you know number one come in the ring my my standard uh speech that i give is like it doesn't matter who you're here to cheer for you know they're all everybody's champions you know we're all doing something for a great cause so you know if, if you know if it's a friend of yours opponent you know Still give them a lot of love because yeah, they've given yep, blood, sweat, legitimately, yeah. and tears. Yeah, and it's you got to have some balls to do it, or, and even the ladies you know, have balls. But like <laughs> you got to have some bravery to do it because it's uh, it's cojones, tough. as yeah, they say. Yeah, you got to have South. some guts yeah. um, to go ahead and do that because it's not easy, especially because you're walking out in front of a lot of your friends, and even if you do like a boxing event or a martial arts event or a jujitsu event, usually you're doing it in front of a few people. You're not doing it in front of a thousand people like we do in Chicago. Yeah. That's a big crowd, especially for somebody who isn't accustomed to doing it often. Yeah. It's scary. Oh, yeah. So they got a lot of guts. There's a lot of nerve you know, yeah. it, that you know, it is required to first you know, tell me that yeah. you're, you're thinking about doing this event because you know, my conversion rate, whether you're you know, kind of on the fence or you know, just asking the question, is... 90s you know in the percentiles because i relentless because i just tell you like congratulations you've just signed up and i've just emailed all your friends and then you bother them for the next yes. six months yeah. are you doing it are you doing it you so i mean I, it, it has to be out there like yeah. listen if you call him up you know there's there's an extremely high percentage chance that he's just gonna sign you up and put your yeah. picture on facebook and guilt you into it so for the folks in <laughs> chicago if you're getting ready to uh do the real estate rumble in chicago or you have a realtor or a lender or a construction person or attorney, that you want to call out that you want to punch in the face. Right. Call out. We have a platform for it. You oh, can yeah. call them out. Call them out in the comment section. Don't call me out. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're somebody that I can probably beat up, then maybe I'll do it again. And there's, there, it, it gets to me like, you know, so there's been so many funny call outs already this year. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you have any? Yeah. Um, I, you're good at just. I can call people out on air. You got when, any good ones? Yeah. It's uh, uh, I'm Amir Syed. Okay, who's he? Who's Amir boxing? Uh, our good friend Elbron Hanna wants to take him out. Oh, wait, that's yes. not Back even fair. Elbron when he got beat up, and now he wants to call out for Amir. Yeah, absolutely. Did Amir agree? Not yet. Oh man, but he's gonna do it. We're gonna actually make a nice video videogram to post and and send out um, to our good friend, real estate rumble supporter. Elbron and Amir. I love them both. I don't know if I want to see those two punch each other in the face. <laughs> I, I like them both. It'll be fun. Yeah. Colin Hebson is coming back. The okay. hammer. Who's he boxing? Um, Some developer that pissed him off. And, uh, <laughs> He's uh, the crap Brendan out. Murphy in his office. So okay. it's funny. They actually work together. Okay. And they, they called each other out uh, like a couple weeks ago. And it was like, you know, Colin's been... Awesome. He, him, yeah, he's done it a couple times. Yeah, and uh, Yuval from Dreamtown. Oh, Yuval's going to box in it? No, 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 but Yuval usually you know, you know, donates a bunch of money. I was like, he's a really Good job, Yuval. Back. He's a really nice laid-back guy. Yeah. I can't imagine him punching yeah. anybody in the face. But they, they've, like, they circled an email after they called me up and said, 
you know, we want to fight each other. I'm like, you guys work together. Like, like, yeah, we want to fight each other. You know what would sell a lot of tickets? And I'm not calling him out because I love the guy. Not to box me, but to have him box somebody else. Um, if you could get like a Tommy Choi to do it. If you get like Tommy Choi and Matt Laracy to box each other, that would be epic. <laughs> Look what we just did there. Both of them are my good friends. They're going to be like, you asshole. I'm going to get text messages in a second. Like, we're not boxing. Because yeah. I've like planted the seed in Cotter's head, which is probably yeah. trouble now. He's going to message them. Thank you so much. Mo Dodka signed you up for the Chicago oh, Reds yeah, that's, that's 2019. Just, <laughs> my yeah, my just, standard response something in my... In my headphones, ESPN is reporting that that is a fight. <laughs> yeah, that it's going to happen. Now. Um, but yeah, you always put on good ones. And sometimes the friend fights are good. Brendan's fight last year, yeah. Nestor's fight, that thing was epic. Yeah. That was probably the best fight of the night. Yeah, I mean, uh, and it's so funny. They're like watching kill each other. Yeah, watching people like as, they, as the fighters come in the ring. And yeah. I'm not 100% on, in terms of like matchups, you know, of making <laughs> yeah, them good fights. We try our best every year. Right. We do, we try. Uh, but that one I felt so strongly about that it was going to be a good fight that like everybody like that comes in, you know, you know, into the ring like first and second and then people look at me and they're like, "What are you thinking?" And I I'll, thought Nestor was going to kill him. And I get so I just would just look at people and go, "Just watch. Just watch." And, you know, and sometimes I've been, you know, incredibly right, like that one. And then there's been other fights where I've like, oh, I think that guy's going to win. And it's, it's still a good fight, but, you know, he didn't win. So I, I'm not like 100% in terms of like picking, picking them. Um, and then there's some fights that get over pretty quick where I was like, oh, I didn't think that, that was going to happen. But it's different when, when people get punched in the face and it you is. don't know them very well, like how they're going to handle that situation, the pressure of being inside of you know, a ring with a thousand people watching. Yeah, but yeah. that one for sure, like I knew in my heart of hearts that Joe Phelan you know, was going to give him hell. Yeah, listen, Phelan has nothing but grit and heart. He was a tough, tough dude. Because <laughs> when you looked at them, when Nestor came out, in his tank top, I was like, what the hell did Cotter put, <laughs> put Phelan in for? Nestor's going to hurt him. And, she, like, the first, like, couple seconds, Phelan took it, like, right to him. And I was like, oh, shit. This he is actually, you know, Nestor had a standing eight count in the yeah, first round. Yeah. And it was, uh, they were tough. And they were good buddies. And they were, they were bloodied up. And yeah. they were fighting. Oh, yeah. It was a good, <laughs> there's so, that fight itself, like, if you, like talk to the people after there were so many funny stories like within the actual fight like you know like one was you know Nestor big guy much younger played like um like division one college football and you know was in the combine I think he ended up playing in the CFL for a couple years like an athlete yeah poor Phelan right he's just a tough dude right and you know the first round you know he has a standing eight count and he, he flat out tell me he's like, I had to yeah, I had to have a little quick talk with myself. Yeah, you know, that yeah, you know, this old man is going to beat me up. I yeah. can't let this happen. Yeah, the, there's a lot of people watching too. <laughs> and then um, at the end of the fight, like you could just see, like they were they were gassed at the at the end yeah, of the yeah. first round. They right? were and there's like bombs. just like just like yeah, you know, just like super gassed in the second round. At the third round, Nestor got in a couple good shots and knocked Joe's mouthpiece out. Yeah, and our refs, you know, are there to obviously save everybody, but also kind of like you know encourage people to you know like you know you could do this, man, you can do this. Well, Joe's like uh, at the at the, and it was like, like only a couple of seconds left in the round. 
you know, Yale gives the mouthpiece back to Joe and he's like, try to put it in his mouth. He's like, I'm done. I'm done. He's like, ah, come on, man. You got 15 seconds. You could do this. You, can you could do this. Out. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, Joe's like, okay. But you see, like, you know, he, he put the mouthpiece in and Joe didn't just try to run. Yeah, he went after him. He went after him, yeah. right? And so, like, stuff like those great stories about it. Like, dude, you're, you're my hero. That yeah. was my favorite fight of that one. Our good buddy two years ago, uh, Pyle, when yeah. he went in there and he Gets a golden glass fighter. Right? Yeah, last minute yeah. pickup. That yeah. was, oh, man, poor he Pyle. Was, went in there and up. he gave it he his own. Like, he He's sure going to be on the show in a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I'll never forget that when I walked into the locker room and I saw the guy he had to box. And I had sparred with him at Franklin. That guy was seriously good. He'd won the Golden Gloves that year pretty yeah. easy. And uh, he whipped my ass at Franklin Street a couple times. And I was like, oh, shit. And so I went to Quick and I was like, hey, how much of this do you want to tell Pyle? This guy is a Golden Gloves champ. <laughs> this year's Golden Gloves champ. Not like 10 years ago. This guy can box. And Jordan went out there, got his nose broken, but fought his butt off. Yeah, and you know, even before that, it, it, you know, when somebody goes down last minute, I have to quickly like kind of... Find a replacement. Find Mike Tyson to box them. <laughs> Find a replacement. I, I tell him, like, listen, you know, you know, at this point in time, there's no, um, don't, there's no uh, being Easy ashamed fights. in you know not picking up or not continuing to fight because the person that I'm going to find in the last minute to to fight somebody with no notice, it's going to be pretty good. Except for the fighter. toughest guy ever, Max who had never boxed before <laughs> and you somehow put in the ring last year with like one day's notice. And he agreed. He's like, ah, I got no problem. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. He's talking. I got to give Max all the credit in the world. Never boxed before. You're just like, go ahead. Go yeah. do it. Yeah. I, you know, I, I find that inner animal in them and I tell them, let it out. Guilt, you guilt let it out. You guilt them half to death. And let then they animal it. out. Let's <laughs> see if it. You don't. It's for the kids. And kids don't get the donation if you don't box. Yeah, come on, Max. Come the on, kids Max. are going to suffer. Yeah, Jeez, it's all on you. It's not exactly it's all on the you. tactic I used. Oh. But he was excited. So, uh, he was. He was excited. He got in there and, like, listen, like, like we said, it's not easy to get in there. It's not easy to get in there even when you've trained for six months to do it or you've trained for two, three years to box. He did it on, like, no notice at all. He's like, yeah, I'll just jump in and I'll do it. Yeah. Which is ballsy of him. Yeah. Jump in the deep end of the pool. Yeah. They're good for him. Did you watch the Fury Wilder fight? I did not. You didn't? Yeah, How I did, did you guys both not watch it? You're both boxing fans. Did you at least see the ending where he got I'm in bed out? at like 8.39 p.m. So he, um, this story is <laughs> insane. Wilder was obviously 40-0 and with 39 knockouts. Fury was 27-0. and But he had gone on a long streak where he... Uh, attempted suicide. He was on drugs and alcohol. Gained like 8,000 pounds. Yeah, he was like over 400 pounds. He was in depression. He yeah. had like mental illness. And they're like, you probably shouldn't fight a dude who's 40 and 0 with 39 knockouts as your return fight. He's like, no, I'm the best in the world. I'm going to fight him and I'm going to beat him and I'm going to prove it. Mm -hmm. And he goes on. He's whooping his butt the whole fight. He gets kind of dropped in the ninth round or eighth round, but it was almost like a slip. He got hit behind the ear. He fell. Gets right back up. Wins that the rest of that round, but it's still a 10-8 round because mm -hmm. he got dropped. Wins basically every other round. And then 12th round, Wilder clips him with a right hand and like literally the craziest left hook you've ever seen. Mm -hmm. He's out. His eyes are shut. The ref could have just called it. And it was weird because the ref started to count even when his eyes were out. Like uh, the ref could have been like, he's out. Like it's mm -hmm. over. But he gives him the count. And at like five, he does like the undertaker. He just sits up, gets up, <laughs> makes the count, and then wins the rest of the round. Uh -huh. And then boxing fucking robs him and calls it a draw. I mean, it was the greatest comeback story of all time, and they rob him 
and it's a it's a damn draw. But mm-hmm. uh, it was cool, and he donated his entire purse to uh, mental health awareness. So he made eight million pounds or eight million euros, wow. and every penny of it he donated. Wow. No kidding. He said, "I have enough money. I don't need any more money." He goes, "The rest of the time I box, I'm going to box to give other people a better life." So. That's, cool. That's, that's awesome. Good. Yeah. 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 We should tell him we're doing a charity. Can you fly out here to Chicago to support the real estate rumble? Well, the funny thing is like Wilder is uh, his camp. Uh, I'm very good friends with a lot of people like in his camp. And he's he said in, you know, um, in the past, like, hey, you guys want us to come out? You know, we'll come to the event. Uh, that would be something. It he, is. I mean, but he it, lives in England. So. Yeah. But it, it, it isn't because in our in our venue, in our you know, event, you could have like the heavyweight, you could have George Foreman there and people were like, oh, it's the grill guy. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah. They were like, that's true. <laughs> they were like, oh, that guy, that guy does the grills. Like, no, he was, he was like, you know, one of the greatest heavyweight champions of all time. You should box George Foreman for that's the Real Estate Rumble. That'd be fun. Oh, that He's a great. monster. Yeah, I, like, I have, a, I have a good picture with him. Yeah. He, was, he was at an event that I fought at. And so I got like a good picture with, with a, a belt. Dude. Oh, his hands are like... Lunchbox hands. Yeah. You know who we should get Cotter to box? Ooh, I got one. I'm not boxing anybody. The guy who took the number two boxing spot <laughs> in the 1992 <laughs> boxing Find season. Find him. We find him. Find him. And we settle this dispute once, yeah, and for all once and for all of Ryan Cotter's actual boxing record. That's you it. would do that. I'm getting in the gym tomorrow. See, you would do it. <laughs> so it's funny. When you said about the Tyson Fury and it being a big upset and he was robbed, Biggest robbery in boxing history. Him, I, un- I immediately. That's number two. Cotter. That's the number two, right behind it. Exactly, right behind exactly. it. You know, John yeah. has a knack for finding folks. Oh, Because do. he does. He's yeah. good at research. Like he's like a, kind of like a little Magnum PI type he of individual. Is. I do. He yeah. will. He's like uh, the guy from Taken. He's like, I will find you. I will find and you. And I'll make you box Ryan Cotter. I have a certain set of skills. <laughs> in May. Do we have a date? Yeah. May 16th. May, look at that. What a bump and set. Ooh. On May 16, 2019. Uh-huh. Ryan Cotter and. It I don't know is on. Main event. Yeah. TBD. TBD. We're going to figure him out. John yep. is on it. All He's going to find him. Cruise through the, 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 the boxing archives. So when can we get people to start signing up for the Rumble? Uh, so people, basically, we start fighter um, submissions like next week. Uh, website's up and running. Pretty much that's the, the, the main uh, piece of it. And then we just start blasting out. I mean, I've had like, people already been like, hey, how do I fight this year? Like, wait till the fighter, fighter you know Sign up is up. Sign up, and then you know, we'll have a fighter orientation in January, which we basically lay out what what you need to do and how you need to do it, and then we whittle it down to you know, the number of fights that we want. We see you know, who's going to be bringing in the most people, who's going to be right. raising the most money uh, for Big Brothers Big Sisters, and it's 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 not a like a you know, something where you're trying to like personally um, do something without giving back. So right. if like, hey, I want to fight in this. Yeah, I think I, like two people are going to come watch me and uh, I'm going to raise like $5. Eh, you're probably yeah. not a right fit for this. Just go into like one of the gyms and get into like a, a fight, a sanctioned fight. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, that's the, the underlying message here. Or maybe the overlying message is we got to raise money for Big Brothers, Big Sisters. It's what you guys do. You guys have done an amazing job of it. And I say this every year leading up to it. There's not really a charity event, at least in real estate, and I've been a part of a lot of real estate charity in Chicago, 
that raises as much money awareness as you guys do, and you do it in a single night. Now, you work your ass off for six months leading up to it, but the event's one night, and you guys raise a crap ton of money. Yeah, it's fun. It, the, <clears throat> the, the end benefit where they tell us, hey, you know, you've impacted yeah, 300 kids' lives. Yeah. yeah that, that's, that's powerful. Very powerful. And are you guys going to do Miami next year? Is Miami still in the uh, pipeline? It is not. It's not. So L.A. and Chicago. L.A. and Chicago, I think you know, we have those moving you know, really in the right directions in terms of like, you know, awareness, you know, raising more money every year. So we're, we're going to just keep on with those two and like then that. see what happens after that you know, for the next couple of years. It, it was, uh, it, it's difficult when you, when you have family and like myself and Greg, you know, part of the team and Camillo who came a, came aboard this year to kind of help out. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're all kind of young dads and, you know, going back and forth to California is taxing on the family. So we're, we, we think we have it set up and we have partners there now to kind of take what we've, you know, we've, we've done and actually bring it to the next level. And they're excited about it because it was such a great event. We had a bunch of people reach out like, this is awesome. Like you like it, Just take it and run with it. Yeah. We'll, we'll still be overseeing. We have all the, the pieces that make your life easy, but just you become the, the branding individual of this and tell people it's your event. You know? yeah. And you know, it, there's, there's so many good things that come from this. You, you network a bunch more. You meet a bunch of people. You know, whatever business you're in, you can, you, can, you can leverage it. On top of you know, having the, the right moral compass, we want you doing this for all the right reasons. These are just some of the fringe benefits, but start with the right reason. You, know, you want to give back. You want to be part of the community. You're in real estate. And then the other things kind of fall into place. No, I love it. And I think John and I probably agree with you. I think uh, Chicago is such an amazing event and L.A. is growing. It makes a lot of sense to take those two events, just blow them out of the water instead of sending Al Brown to Miami again. Which I'm sure Al Brown wants to go back to Miami no matter what. Right. Right, but it's 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 you need a team and you know, yeah to to run any one of these events like it's made up of like not just myself but like a group of like ten to twelve individuals that really do a bunch of work. So to have that same group duplicated, it, one to two people couldn't go into a to a new market and think that they're going to do this whole event by themselves without sacrificing. Yeah. You know, like. Their, their income because it, it can. It's, it's like there's a lot of like individual tasks that we are lucky enough now to delegate out so that the, the sum isn't, you know, you know it's, the sum gets done without any one individual being overwhelmed. Right. Because nobody's being paid. Like we're not, you know, uh, everyone's volunteering. Because they, they care. Yeah. Yeah. No, and uh, I'm excited for this year's. It's, you said May 16th. 16th. Okay, May 16th. Make sure I'm not doing anything on May 16th. Maybe we'll find somebody who box John. I don't know who John's got a beef with. Actually, mm. I know somebody who John's got a beef with. I cannot say it on air, but... <laughs> Give me the first... <laughs> if John finds your guy, I'll find John's guy, and we'll have a really good That'd co-main be, yeah. and a main event. That would be very interesting. John's been posting pictures of himself doing bench press. Not just the bench press itself. He had 225 on it. He had two plates. Mm-hmm. Were you benching that? Were you benching 225? Yeah. Shit. Yep. Don't want to mess with him. Yeah. So who's the guy? I, I, I can't say it on air. <laughs> Attorney-client privilege. Yes. So. <laughs> it's on that level, huh? Yeah, it's going to be. Um, <laughs> so, yep. so I just got to go. I just got to check out the, the know, docket. The, the docket. And on then Friday. Up, right? yeah, yeah. And then we'll know. Um, anything for the holidays with the family? Any plans? Going anywhere? 
staying local. Staying How about local. yourself? Are you going to be here? Yeah, I'll be here too. I'm going to be around. How about you, John? You going anywhere? Uh, local. local. Staying local. Ch- yep. John already just got back from Vegas. John's not going anywhere for a bit. No. That's right. Vegas, Vegas. wasn't kind to John. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> yeah. Um, There's so many fun things to do in Chicago around the, the yeah. holidays before you know, leading up to Christmas. Like this weekend is the, the holiday chain. Uh, holiday train, sorry. Chain? Yeah. Holiday <laughs> train. I was going to say a uh, shout out to CTA. Yeah, okay. for having oh, yeah, the holiday they decorate train. the train. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So we go and we get a picture with Santa on the on the train, and then oh, there's cool. the zoo lights. You and Elbron. Zoo, zoo lights are amazing. Zoo lights are amazing. <laughs> Me and Elbron. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else is there? Elbron is actually Santa Crystal Claus. Kin- the Chris Kindle Market. Yeah. Always Jack, fun. Don't go on the weekends. Yep. Uh, and then it was just there on Thursday. Oh, yeah. Packed yeah, it was, too. It was. Uh, it was busy. It wasn't. It wasn't like a Saturday, but it yeah. was cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been cold. The Christmas Navy, parade. Navy Pier has the um, the uh, Winter Wonderfest, mm-hmm. and then you have the ice skating, the uh, Maggie Daly rink too, right? Which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chicago really does have a really amazing winter setup. There's so much to do, and it's a city that's got tons and tons of stuff going on. We're out every weekend, you know, with you know, me, Nikki, and the little guy, you know, doing something. That's a cool time for him yeah. because he's coming into that age where he's probably starting to remember things. Is he three? Three and a half, yeah. Three and a half now, yeah. No, no, he remembers stuff like yeah, like an elephant. Well, he's, he's probably developing his first memories because kids start remembering things at three. So mm. technically, this might be the first winter where he's like, I remembered seeing Santa on that train or I remembered... You know, uh, bossing mommy and daddy around. Yeah, tell like mommy and like daddy what's up. Yeah, <laughs> that's so it was the cutest when I was holding mitts for him at the was it a year or two years yeah. ago at the uh, at the um, the fighter orientation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if that we looking back on that. It's two years ago. Two years ago. Uh, so he's, he's one he's, and a half he, hitting the mitts. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, at daycare, he he's exhibited uh, his boxing skills. He on has. Some, yeah, on some older kids. She blurred oh. on Coach Mo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's this guy Mo. He held mints for him two years ago. Like, why does your kid punch the kids just to take toys away from him? Like, eh, I'm not sure. It's he takes mom. after his dad. It's probably his mom. <laughs> My business partner Jeff told me the first day his kid went to like pre preschool. He was standing in line, and the line was moving, and he threw his hands in the air. He goes, "What the fuck?" Whoa, and he got what? a call. And he goes, uh, "The the teacher or the pre pre." pre-pre-teacher, pre-preschool teacher, was like, you know, maybe he heard something like on the playground. I was like, no, 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 no. That's legitimately exactly what Jeff does. He throws his hands in the air and goes, what the fuck? Yeah. And uh, I was like, he took it right from you and did oh, yeah. exactly what you do, which is probably why. It's like when you're shadow boxing, pretending it's 1992 in the mirror. Oh, and yeah. your son gets a glimpse. He goes to school and does that. Yep. He, he does it actually in the, in the garage. He'll, he'll come in and he'll like hit the... Heavy bag already. What year was that? 92 or 96? Because John needs to take note of this. Your, your boxing year. Mm. It was 90. I'll get you the exact dates. Okay. I'll get you the exact dates. And his, dates. Name. And his name. Yeah. We're going to invite him. I'm going to fly him out. First class. We'll put him up in a hotel. Oh, we could have him on here. We're going to have him on here. So we got to yeah. look, we gotta look at the, so, okay. the, so Tony DiCarlo was the national champ at the time. And so it would have been one somebody that would have fought him i'll i'll find out okay find we're gonna out. invite him to wheelhouse sometime <laughs> in april to talk a lot of smack yeah have and a we're shit gonna set this up episode it's probably like eight th- it's probably like eight thousand pounds now watch him be ripped oh yeah because yeah. <laughs> connor can still move i sparred oh, with connor absolutely. last year he can still yeah. move wouldn't that be awesome for you if he sucks now yeah <laughs> i'm looking for there's there's also this this kid um from fourth grade 
<laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Beat me up. Looking uh, for boy you, Marty. Or girl. Looking for <laughs> you. <laughs> Shake, beat him up. Yeah. Uh, who else? That's well, really it. I mean, those two people come back to mind. I had glasses and braces until eighth grade. So when I was real young, I got picked on. A there's a, bit, there's so. a long list. But I'm, I'm probably Facebook friends with most of them. If you guys want to do this, yeah. we can do it on May 16th. They probably wouldn't box me now, though. Probably wouldn't. There's one or two realtors I would box. I'm not going to name any names. You already know who yeah. they are. Yeah. We'll yeah. see if we can put that together. How's, how's the back? Listen, I will... I could be in a wheelchair. If you get the one boxing match I want put together, I'll, oh, I'll get up is, and we'll, yeah. we'll make it happen. We, we, could do, we could do chair fighting. We just put the two chairs together. That's how you guys are knee to knee. If you can make this one boxing, if you can make the boxing match happen, we'll move it to Allstate Arena instead oh, of... Oh, that's uh, funny. Instead of... Uh, where are, we, are we doing it back at... Um, the Park West? The Park West? Yes, I believe so. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, we went. Cotter and I and you, John, can BS mm -hmm. for probably an hour or two hours. Um, but Cotter kind of saved us today. We were going to have um, uh, Matt Margolis on. I goofed up. Cotter is a good friend of the show. He's been on the show many, many, many times before. It was cool to have him on today because he has made a big uh, shift in his career to Movement Mortgage. And like Ryan said, um, Movement kicks ass all across the country. And now that I've looked into him being a real estate broker owner, I, I, didn't, I really hadn't heard of them until you got involved with them, which yeah. is actually sh should show the folks at Movement Mortgage how much of a push Ryan does have. Because as soon as Ryan told me about them, I looked into them, and they're huge. They're kicking ass, and I'm sure you're going to help them kick some more ass here in Chicago. That's the goal. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens with Movement. There's so much shifting of um, players in the Chicagoland area when it comes to real estate and lending. It's going to be really cool to watch the next six months or so play out between real estate brokerages and real estate lender companies. All the consolidation, consolidation that just, just has around. to happen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, like, our business is tough. Yeah. And people that are in it for a while, they sometimes just get tired of like, listen, like, you know, I don't want to you know, wake up every morning and have to fight you know, yeah. for every penny that's, that's out there. So let's just consolidate it. You know, and then, you know, yeah, I transfer my responsibilities over here, and then I can get back to doing this, and, and that happens like on from a, a CEO, CFO, you know, across the you know, across the scope. So within the real estate and lending community, you know, the consolidation you know factor is is going to be crazy over the next you know 120 days. I think the next six months are going to be really crazy. I mean, we're getting poached like crazy, but uh, we made a stand last week and said, you know. Come F with us, we're going to recruit back. So we, we got a lot of people trying to poach and do what they're doing. And, uh, you know, we sat in our office last week and we just said, hey, listen, like, uh, we'll fight back, yeah. you know. But uh, it's happening a lot, both in uh, lending and real estate. So it'll be cool to watch the next little bit. Cool and scary to watch the next little bit pan out. But I'm excited because movement's going to be a big player. I mean, they're a big player nationally. So yeah. they can come in here and hang with the big guys. You know, yeah. a lot of little companies can't come and make a splash in today's market, at least the next yeah. year or two years. And movement's got a lot of momentum behind them. So it'll be cool. To Culturally, I think it's so unique what they, what they, um, what they promote. It's basically everything that we talk about all the time, yeah. which is, you know, yeah, community giving back, uh, like, and it's not just like lip service. Like there, there's a, there's a, there's several lenders, uh, in Chicago that have, adopted a uh you know a foundation or you know it started some sort of give back uh initiative and 
they're really not into it. They, they do it because, well, they got to do it. It looks good. Right, because if, if, if I don't do it, then we're just greedy, right? Uh, their mindset is completely different. They're, they're so family-oriented. It is just, it, it, it's refreshing. When I went there to, to visit them on a recruiting trip, and within the first hour, I was like, you guys are really different, really different. Like, yeah, like, you know, they talk about, you know, we want you to, and this is kind of the same thing I, I, I say, which is, you know, that's why I felt like such a natural fit. It was like, listen, get in, get in work, work super hard, get the hell out of there, go home, you know, have a blast with your family, get back to the community, you know, and then, you know, come back the next morning, let's do it all over again. Yeah. You know, have fun. Like the people that you're working with, you know, don't be around a bunch of, you know, negative people because the, 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 the effects, you know, although maybe good for a bottom line, aren't good for you personally. Yeah. So a lot of the things they promote, uh, just, it just resonated so much with me that I, I, I knew that they were a good, good fit. It was a, a calling of sort and that I could carry their flag here, you know, proudly and say, you know, there's a better way of doing business where it's not just the bottom line. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And I'm excited, you know, given all of that to watch movement kick butt here in Chicago. And yeah, that is, I've known you for a long time. So we've been buddies for a long time. That is what you preach. So um, like you said, it was a calling that obviously probably was a weird, correct fit for you then mm -hmm. because it's, that's not how the industry, whether it be lending or real estate typically works. Like you said, a lot of people will start things to have a good look and make it look good um, on the PR side, going back to what we were saying at the top of the show about PR, mm -hmm. but they don't actually mean it. You do. You, you spent a good part of your career giving back to the community, giving back um, in all the charities that you do, especially the Real Estate Rumble. So it's cool that you're with them. And I'm excited to watch them and the Real Estate Rumble kind of try to give back together. That would yeah. be cool to watch. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm excited. So it was good timing to have you on. We're going to have you on probably a couple more times leading up to the Real Estate Rumble because it sounds like we got some exciting stuff, exciting matchups in the mm -hmm. work. We're and who get, knows what kind of matchups we're going to you know, get. Yeah, you know, going next, forward. Yeah, the, the holiday times, usually when beefs start, yeah, because yeah, people will see each other. Uh, Taking a bottle of wine and you know, toss at somebody's I'll head. What? It's one on. or two more real estate broker owners try to poach my agents. I'll have a back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back fight, or you can have like a like a battle royale, and I'm happy to jump in there. There's <laughs> one, like or two, one or two names I'll throw your way as I'm being poached. I'll say, hey, listen, we'll, I'll, I'll even do this. We'll do a loser leaves town match. Ooh, well, the old school wow, WWF way. Wee. Yeah. Yeah, a little wild, I wild win. West action. I win. Your agents are mine. Vice versa. There's throw, one or throw two. in the keys of the car. Yeah, <laughs> the deed to the house. Listen, the, the good thing for me is most broker owners are total wimps, so yeah. I'm happy to take that bet yeah. most of the time. Most of the time, except for uh, our good buddy um, uh, Diaz. I yeah, will not, he's he's not one. I will not do a loser leaves town match against him. Be very selective. Very right. selective. This one, that one. There's one or one. two I'm dead certain I can exactly, kick the crap exactly. out of. Right. And they try to poach from me. So, What's their name again? Yeah, not on air. <laughs> <laughs> you know one of them. Yeah. But um, anyways, thanks a lot for coming on, buddy. Um, John, are we going to announce next week's guests? We are. We have, uh, we have a couple great people coming on next week. Let me get the graphic up there. Boom. Next week, once again, via FaceTime. And I swear <laughs> I'm going to get it worked out so that we can actually see the person and hear the person. Her name is Chaunty Myers. 
and she is with, she's the CEO of Sanchir, excuse me, the Sancherian Military Alliance. She's down in Texas. And what they do is they help active members of the military who are ending their, their tours and want to adjust into the workforce and have skills that they've learned in the military that they want to then bring in uh, to you know move forward with their life and either start a business or slide into an executive position. She owns a firm that connects military with companies that want to invite them in. It's a great organization. And we also have Matt Margolis, buddy of yours, who is a genius in elder law. So uh, anybody who is retired and interested in learning a little bit about some of the ins and outs of retirements and taxes and everything, the paperwork necessary, or people who are maybe in my, my age group, maybe Mo's age group, who have parents that are in their golden age and need a little help uh, with some of the paperwork, watch this show because we're going to have a lot of great information. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, obviously, our FaceTime is going to be um, very impactful, and uh, it is. they're doing incredible work. And Matt and I have been friends for a very, very long time. He's helped a lot of my clients, a lot of my family members um, as they got older, not just with the um, setting up uh, estate planning and elder law, but a lot of asset protection stuff when it comes to that. And um, I, He's got so much information, and him and I could probably go for 10 hours, but we'll do our very best to keep it to an hour. So I'm excited to have my good buddy Matt Margolis on. He's already asking us what he should be wearing next week to the show. So. <laughs> blue suit. Blue suit. <laughs> yes, do it. Do it. A couple shades of blue. Couple, yeah. <laughs> we'll have Cotter give you some advice. Or you can, he, he's a lot bigger than you. I was going to say he could borrow some from Cotter, but Matt's like 6'5", so uh, nice. that might not work. But uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys next Wednesday at 3 o'clock, and then we're going to be off. Um, the last week of December, Correct. and we'll be back at the beginning of the year. We'll see you guys. Three, two, one.